This is the Capitol Report, a focus on legislative issues, activities, and events with a local impact. In this report, we provide you with coverage of the April 24th press conference by Republican state senators highlighting the devastating impact of the fentanyl crisis in Illinois and ideas to address it. Welcome to the Senate Republicans press conference today to discuss some of our legislation that's centered on empowering victims and reducing crime here in Illinois. So with that, I would like to introduce Senator Dale Fowler. Good afternoon. I'm State Senator Dale Fowler, and I represent the most Southern District of Illinois, the 59th Senate District. We are here today to discuss legislation that focuses on bringing justice for victims of crime. Over the last several years, Illinois has seen policies and proposals that prioritizes criminals while seemingly making victims out to be second-class citizens. This is wrong. Our criminal justice policy should always put the victims and their families first. Victims need justice. Families need justice. Unfortunately, there's a whole class of victims that often gets overlooked because of the stigma surrounding it. And those are individuals who are unknowingly taking fentanyl. The fentanyl crisis is a serious epidemic and is the leading cause of death of American adults ages 18 to 45. It's impacting the most portions of my district in Southern Illinois, all the way up to Chicago. And while the majority party continues to propose legislation that decriminalizes large, deadly amounts of fentanyl, we are here today to seek to save lives and to hold those individuals who knowingly distribute this illegal drug accountable. Look, our constituents, this state's residents, and I'm sure we can even know, we all know someone personally who are or has been poisoned by this drug. This isn't any ordinary drug. The smallest, tiniest amount is deadly. The saddest part is many people don't even know they are taking this drug. It's hit towns we live in and it's hitting our children, the most vulnerable and the most in need of protection. I recently had a tragedy at a local school. A teacher called me distraught and crying and so upset and wanting to know what can be done because she's seen what it has done to so many students and families. In fact, she had a student that was killed from fentanyl when they thought they were taking something else. It doesn't matter if you have a substance abuse problem. These people are victims and need to start being seen as though they are victims. They are not willingly taking fentanyl. They are not seeking to die. Those manufacturing, dealing, and selling this drug need to be held accountable. The teacher who shared her story with me on what she has seen in recent years is absolutely correct. We can no longer sit on the sidelines as our families, our friends, and classmates die from this awful drug. At this time, I'd like to turn it over to my colleague, Senator Sue Rezin. Thank you, Senator Fowler. 
Good afternoon. I'm Illinois Senate Deputy Minority Leader Sue Rezin. I represent the 38th Senate District. And as you have just heard from Senator Fowler, fentanyl is an epidemic that can affect and destroy the lives of anyone. This is a drug that is poisoning our society. It doesn't care who you are, it poisons and it kills indiscriminately. It's beyond time for our state to take this poison seriously. That's why I filed Senate Bill 1086, which would have coroners and medical examiners officially report its victim's death as fentanyl poisoning rather than fentanyl overdose in every case in which fentanyl is determined to be the cause or contributing factor in the death. According to the CDC in 2021, which is the most recent official numbers, over 70,000 people died from synthetic opioids in the United States, and roughly 90% of those who are believed to have caught or are those who have believed to be caused by fentanyl. That is an increase of more than 250% from just 2016, which was less than 18,000 people. The same year, there were over 3,000 opiate overdose fatalities in Illinois alone. That's over a 36% increase from 2019. Unfortunately, the CDC expects that number to even be larger in 2022 once they finish gathering their official numbers uh, for fentanyl-related deaths. Many experts believe that one of the major, major contributing factors to the staggering increase in fentanyl deaths over the past few years is that it's becoming increasingly common for other far less deadly drugs to be laced with this poison. When someone uses the term overdose, many people immediately assume that the person who suffered from it was intentionally taking the substance. But that's not what we're seeing here with fentanyl. These are victims of someone else's conscious decision to add poison to something else without their knowledge. That's why we should change how we report these types of deaths. We couldn't call it an overdose if someone was unwittingly given a lethal amount of arsenic. We could call it arsenic poisoning. And we should be using the same terminology for the victims of fentanyl when they're poisoned. By changing it from overdose to poisoning, we remove the negative bias that exists in many people's minds. This is a simple change that can make a huge impact in the way we view these victims. Just think of the lives we could say if we just start changing the mindset around fentanyl. Maybe then these issues would get the serious attention it deserves and action would finally be taken. Next, I would like to turn it over to Senator Sally Turner. Thank you, Leader Resin. Hi, my name is Sally Turner. I am the state senator and I represent the 44th district, which is located in uh, central Illinois. As Leader Resin and Senator Fowler have already said, these are victims and they deserve our protection just like any other victim should. And as many of you may know, uh, the fentanyl epidemic uh, is personal to me, and this certainly isn't the first time that I've come before you to discuss this matter. Our communities are being diluted and infiltrated with this poisonous material, which is why we need action now to save lives and to hold people accountable. 
hold them accountable for these growing numbers of number of deaths and hold them accountable for their actions. And as we know now, the, this is a leading cause of death in uh, people from 18 to, to 45 years of age. I have two bills um, that address these issues. And the first bill I'd like to talk about is House Bill 3205. I'm sorry, 3203. In 3203, this bill is an expansion of fentanyl testing strips. And this legislation recently passed out of the General Assembly. Under House Bill 3203, pharmacists and retailers would be allowed to sell fentanyl testing strips over the counter to the public and would allow county public health departments to distribute them uh, at their facilities for no fee. As Senator Resin alluded, more and more of the fentanyl deaths that we are seeing are caused by the fact that someone unwittingly took something else that had been laced with this deadly poison and they didn't know they were consuming poison. These testing strips can be used by anyone to help ensure that they do not that they do not unknowingly consume anything that is laced with fentanyl. And the whole purpose of this bill is to provide easier and more assess, asset access to these potentially life-saving uh, strips. No one here wants anyone to die from this deadly poison. And that's exactly what it is. It is a poison. And if these strips can help prevent any unnecessary and avoidable deaths, then we believe that we should make them as accessible as possible. In a John Hopkins study, 70% of the participants said that they would have changed their behavior if they knew that drugs were uh, laced with fentanyl. Doesn't that make sense to allow these to be tested? Fortunately, this legislation filed by our House Republican leader, Tony McCombie, has bipartisan support. And it's already passed the House and we're seeing movement in the Senate in which we are thankful for. And I'm optimistic we'll get this done and over to the governor. But there's a second piece of legislation that I'd like to talk about. And it's a bill that would hold people who are taking advantage of these unsuspecting victims accountable for their actions. And that legislation is Senate Bill 73, which would create a new class X felony requiring nine to 40 years in prison for the unlawful. Sorry, that just muted. Don't know why. I'm sorry. These new, <clears throat> additionally, this would create a class one felony, which could come with a fine of $100,000 for anyone using an electronic communication device in the furtherance of controlled substance trafficking involving a substance containing any amount of fentanyl. These new criminal offenses do not punish the victims of this poison, but instead directly target the individuals who are using deceptive practices to push and profit off their victim's misery. When it comes to the ongoing fentanyl epidemic, it's possible, it is possible, and our duty to present solutions that both protect and aid its victims while also holding its perpetrators and exploiters accountable for their crimes. Each day that we continue to do nothing is another day where more lives are lost and it's time for us to stop talking about it and actually do something about it. 
Thank you. And I would li like to now turn it over to State Senator Terry Bryan, who will also talk about her proposals to defend victims of domestic violence. Uh, thank you, Senator Turner. Good afternoon. I'm State Senator Terry Bryant, and I represent the 58th Senate District located in deep Southern Illinois. Unlike many bills we've seen over the last few years, these two bills prioritize victims over criminals. We cannot and should not continue to coddle criminals who commit violent crimes against another person. As you've heard from my colleagues before me, we're here today because we're seeking to shine light and provide support for the victims, justice for the families, and hold criminals accountable. In that ongoing effort, I've filed two pieces of my own legislation to help protect and defend victims of domestic violence. Currently, Illinois law does not protect those who are in great fear of being assaulted from within their own home. While currently in Illinois, someone can be charged with simple assault, meaning someone engaged in conduct that places another individual in reasonable danger, but Illinois does not have a specific charge for domestic situations. Crimes where the perpetrator is living with the victim um, should be taken more seriously as the victim isn't able to secure a safe haven from that individual. This is why Senate Bill 1976 seeks to create a new offense of domestic assault to cover situations where someone engaged in conduct that places any family or household member in reasonable uh, apprehension of great bodily harm, permanent disability or disfigurement. Additionally, the bill provides the victim a 72 hour no contact and stay away order for the charged offender. Requiring this physical distance is a way to allow victims of this mental abuse to seek the help and support they need without being under control of the abusers who could physically hurt them. Victims of domestic mental abuse should be given specific protection from their abusers. The second piece of legislation is Senate Bill 1974, which is an effort to protect our seniors. This legislation would enhance the minimum penalty when an act of violence is committed against someone 60 years or older, uh, and it would be changed to aggravated domestic battery rather than just domestic battery. Criminals who target this vulnerable population should face consequences that match the seriousness of their crimes. We need to, to make it crystal clear to any criminal that if you commit these violent crimes, that you will be held accountable to the fullest extent of the law and the law will proactively protect the victims. We need to send a signal to all of Illinois that we're here to protect and seek justice for victims, not justify the actions of violent criminals. Thank you for listening today. And I would now turn this over to Senator uh, Steve McClure. Thank you very much, Senator Bryant. I wanna talk about two bills that I filed both dealing with issues brought to me by constituents who face serious and even tragic situations. In 2015, here in Springfield, Lindsay Sharp was killed when she was struck by a drunk driver in a Walmart parking lot. Her five-year-old son not only had to see what happened to his mom, but was also injured in the accident. Senate Bill 1405, otherwise known as Lindsay's Law, makes sure that prosecutors can seek justice for all victims in a DUI accident. Under current law, if an intoxicated driver severely injures someone, they can be held accountable for that. However, 
if the driver kills someone in addition to severely injuring someone, they can't be sentenced for both crimes. Senate Bill 1405 fixes this, creating a blended sentencing provision recognizing both victims. And it's been supported by MAD, and I've been contacted by numerous families dealing with accidents that happened all over the state where this legislation would apply, including a couple of very high profile cases in Chicago and the suburbs. We should not ignore severely injured victims simply because another victim was killed. This is common sense. Senate Bill 1968 is another bill that I filed and it puts daycare facilities on the same level as schools in terms of threats made against the facilities or individuals who are there. And this is another bill inspired by a Springfield constituent after her daycare received threats. Daycares are centers for childcare and learning, just like schools, and they deserve the same protections. Especially in a year where a major theme here in Springfield is supposed to be access to daycare and early childhood education. This legislation seems like an obvious choice. And both of these bills are about protecting victims and their families, making sure all victims are treated fairly under the law and giving them an equal chance at justice through the legal system. So I'm excited about those bills and I'm excited about all these bills because our victims in this state deserve justice and our families in this state deserve safety. And with that, I'm gonna turn it back over to Whitney, um, who I think is gonna help us address questions. First question for the group, we have overdoses from fentanyl are on the rise in Southern Illinois. What action would you like to see from our governor on the fentanyl crisis? Well, that's, like a, that's a great question. Um, so I would start by saying that in uh, 2022, the DEA seized 18.3 million doses of fentanyl in Illinois, uh, Wisconsin, Indiana. So the three together. Um, just, just think about that for just a second, because you heard me right. Enough fentanyl to kill 18.3 million people. Um, so this is an epidemic, uh, and I have serious questions about the governor's priorities on this issue. If you look at what other governors are doing compared to what Governor Pritzker is doing, it's night and day difference. For, for instance, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom just called in the National Guard and the highway, uh, California Highway Patrol uh, to partner with local law enforcement um, in San Francisco um, so that they can target the fentanyl trafficking and crack down on related crimes. The number of things I disagree with with Governor Newsom uh, probably could fill a book, but in this case, I'm applauding him and wondering why we're not uh, decisive um, here with our governor. Um, so I would say, you know, maybe if Governor uh, Pritzker's folks are listening in, um, we're well past uh, the point when we should be doing something about this. And I hope that Governor Pritzker uh, begins to make this a priority. Next question we have for Senator Resin. Uh, your bill sounds like one that should cost nothing to implement. Is that correct? And for the other senators, could your bills be held up by funding concerns? Yeah, I would say that it would be very easy to implement my bill and would not cost anything. Um, I am shocked that we have listed many good bills here today trying to begin to address our fentanyl crisis that we're seeing in the state of Illinois and across the country. But yet these good common sense bills, we cannot get called on for a vote. Again, where's the priority in the state of Illinois 
We need to do what we can, get these bills passed in Illinois. My bill does not cost anything. And it's common sense legislation that will remove the stigma from people who are poisoned and die from fentanyl. It will allow their loved ones to openly, more openly talk about an issue and what their son or daughter or um, relative or friend went through and how just a very small amount of fentanyl um, on a pill that's illicitly used, one pill is enough to kill someone. That person did not die by an overdose. That person was poisoned. We need to call it what it is, poisoning by fentanyl. Next question. Um, we have, why are victims lost in the conversation about crime? Are we focusing too much on those who commit crime and forgetting those who are impacted for anyone who would like to answer? That's just been the, the push. <clears throat> the push has been focusing on the impact of incarceration, the impact on communities when a person has to leave their house uh, uh, and go to prison. But what hasn't been focused on is these neighborhoods which are getting terrorized by crime and uh, these communities that don't have the tools to fight crime and don't have the tools to fight drug addiction because uh, the, the General Assembly could be doing more but is not doing more. So it's, it's, it's more politically popular for people to talk in, the, in, in certain areas about uh, making sure people do not go to prison and those sorts of things. It's not quite as popular to talk about victims because um, you know, victims get ignored oftentimes because when a person is charged with something, the focus is then on whether or not the person is guilty on, you know, the behavior of the criminal and not focused on the family um, and the victims that get affected by this. So I think it's, it's just the media pays more attention to it when we're talking about crimes, it, less so when we're talking about the impact on victims. A perfect example of that has been legislation um, that focuses on what happens to criminals after they've been sentenced. Uh, instead of focusing on, if you look at all the news stories about legislation like that, all the news stories only interview the impact it's gonna have on the criminal and their family. You never hear about what's gonna to happen to the victim or their family or what their side of the argument is. I think that's something that um, politicians tend to go talk about things that they think are gonna get picked up by the media. And victims for some reason do not get picked up in the same way that criminals do by the media. And here's the here's the truth of the matter is that drug dealers don't care who they hurt. They don't they don't care who they hurt. So why is that we want to protect them with these fentanyl strips that we have? They could test every one of their products they have before they pass it out and do what they need to do with their however they sell them. But instead, they take that risk to kill someone. Who, who doesn't even know that this is happening to them. And they don't mean to die. But again, what Senator McClure just said is that is not the mindset here. The mindset is not for justice for the victim. I'd like to add one thing as well. It, the fentanyl lace pills are really coming from across the border in gangs, sophisticated organizations, and they're coming into our country across the border. Um, the gangs and these organizations know that fentanyl lace pills kill. They poison people. They could, some statistics show as much as 20% or 30% of the people who take the pills that are laced with fentanyl end up dying from that. 
these gangs and organization look at that statistic as a cost of doing business. And that's it. And that's why we need to change the narrative, hold them accountable, increase the penalties, short-term offer, offer the fentanyl testing strips for the short-term. We have a whole slew of bills here addressing that issue, but we can't get the bills called. And that leads into, I think, our final question from McKinsey. Uh, do you think the bills you are announcing will be supported on both sides of the aisle? We have, it looks like about three minutes. So whoever would like to take that question. I'll quickly say for mine, um, the one that came from Leader McComey had uh, both sides were in total agreement of that. And I, I see that um, going to happen in the Senate as well on the, fent on the fentanyl strip bill. I'll add on the domestic violence uh, side, I'm working to get support from the other side of the aisle. Uh, Certainly, um, when we have issues of domestic violence, whether it's seniors, um, whether it's male or female in a domestic violence situation, uh, certainly it, they're simple bills, easy to pass bills if we could just get them called. So I'm hoping to be able to get the support from the other side of the aisle. And there's no question on my bills that if they're able to get out of committee, both of them will have a bipartisan roll call on the floor. And, mm -hmm. But the problem is, as we're all facing, is behind the scenes, certain bills are held and certain bills aren't held. And I think it's beneficial to the state of Illinois to actually have hearings on these things, get this stuff in public, and let people vote. And if, it, if it's not a good bill, um, people can vote against it. But I think that all these bills, if they're actually called to a vote in committee and on the floor, would pass. Thank you so much. That's all we have time for today. Thank you all for participating and look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. According to the Illinois Department of Public Health, overdose deaths from synthetic opioids such as fentanyl rose 2,700% in Illinois from 2013 to 2020. In Springfield, for the Capitol Report, I'm Ray Watt.